So, just in prayer this week um, and last week over what to what to to bring today. Um, you know, the message that the Lord gave me uh, is not necessarily the one that I would be like, "Yes, Lord, that's the word. Like, that's what. Yes, that's the perfect." No, he he's like, "This is this is your assignment." And so um, I'm forewarning you, buckle up, <laughs> okay? Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit uh, about, I'm going to give you some of my testimony uh, and journey through the process of forgiveness. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, I was in a place um, where I was harboring a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness at people. Um, and during this, the, I left full-time ministry about almost two years ago. And, uh, and through that journey, the Lord has taught me quite a few things. Uh, but I want to start with the reading of Psalms 55, 12 through 15 in the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. It's like passionate. And so um, this is David, and he's lamenting about Absalom's betrayal here. And so he says, it wasn't an enemy who taunted me. If it was my enemy filled with pride and hatred, then I would have endured it. I would have just run away. But it was you, my intimate friend, one like a brother to me. It was you, my advisor, the companion I walked with and worked with. We once had sweet fellowship with each other. We worshiped in unity as one, celebrating together with God's people. Now desolation and darkness has come upon you. Today, I stand in a very different place than I was about a year ago. Um, in 2010, uh, I left two very successful businesses because that's what the Lord told me to do. Um, he was very clear that I was to transition into full-time ministry. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I fought it. Incredible, like I fought it, I internalized, I justified, I did everything I could to fight that. I didn't even really share it with my wife to a certain level. Because when I told her, she was like, oh, no. Are you kidding me? I, I said I would never be married to a pastor. Here you are. <laughs> and so um, I knew God had been calling me and telling me that it was time to transition out of those two businesses uh, and to take my hands off of them and to do the work of the Lord full-time. And so um, I accepted a position at a church here in Oklahoma City, a very a, a larger church, 
and begin a long, hard journey as an executive pastor. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, when I, when I came into, I, there was not even a lead pastor at this point. The uh, board of directors had brought me in and said, hey, um, we need some help here. We're in turmoil. We've got a lot of issues. We need you to come in and help us bring some stability and some systems uh, to this place. And so uh, I accepted the challenge because I knew that's what the Lord had told me to do. Um, and I'm going to... I'm going to fast forward several years later, okay? There's a lot of story in that, but I'm going to fast forward several years later. After many years of stable leadership in that church, we had a lead pastor, we had systems in place, people were growing, people were discipling, being discipled, everything was great. Uh, Adela and I had built some incredible relationships with people um, in that church. You know, we did life with these people. Like we, we, would, we, would, we were there for their children's birth. They were there for our children's birth. Uh, we celebrated birthdays together. We celebrated Christmas together. We did holidays. We, we, we broke bread with these people. And... Um, we were just super close with them. And, and there was a, quite a few of them. Uh, and through a series of events that happened at that church, um, it, it became clear that we were, trying to, we were trying to push forward, we were trying to grow, we were putting new additional systems into place and there was a camp of people that said, mm, we're just not sure that's what we want to do here. And so, um, there was a lot of hurt that began to fester back up. And long story short, the Lord had released me from that position. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, I was released. I, I let everybody know, hey, I'm, I've been released. I'm turning in my resignation. I'll give you an ample amount of time, but that's what I feel like the Lord has asked me to do. And those close friends begin to come around us and say, you know what? This doesn't change our friendship. This doesn't change what we've built as a family. And so Adela and I were like, great, sounds awesome. Like, we want to keep those relationships with you. And even though they would say, and, and this is the line they would say, even though we may not go to the same church and we may not worship together, we will still be friends. And... Uh, Almost immediately after leaving, we felt a shift. And those people that said, hey, you are my friends, you are my family, now turned against us. And um, they, we would reach out to them, they would make excuses, long story short, um, we began to hear things that they would say that were malice or um, hateful. Have you been there before? Where there, maybe not necessarily in a church or maybe in a church, you felt that. And uh, I, became, I began to bitter harborness and unforgiveness in my spirit, in my heart. 
And it began to, it began to affect me in so many different ways. I would see these people in public and they would turn their head the other way. I, um, and it just began to fester. I would hear new things and I would just begin, I would come home and I, it was like the daily news in my home. And so several weeks went by. Adela and I had made a decision that we were gonna get away. We just, let's just get away. So we left all the kids here, hallelujah. Um, and we took a trip to Bethel in Reading. And every, we would make it a point about once a year to go to Bethel. Because I felt like I could hear from the Lord at Bethel and Reading more than I could anywhere else on the planet. I don't know. And I, I do know I was being intentional and I was away from my environment and nobody knew me. I wasn't connected to anything. I was there to seek the Lord. And that's where I would find him. And we went, and so it was just a weekend service. So first service hits, we're there. I'm like, okay, I'm here. I need a fresh word. I need some, I need some, I need to hear from you, Lord. And it was like, uh, hmm. okay, Lord, I need to hear from you. And I was getting nothing. Silence. So I went through that service, second service came on, I was super frustrated. Like I'm like, where are you at God? And so I am pressing in during worship and I'm like, Lord, I need a fresh word from you. And I'm not leaving here until I hear from you. And the Lord said, okay, then I want you to call them by name that wronged you and I want you to forgive them and I want you to bless them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you want me to do what? And so we're in the middle of worship and my wife is a worshiper. Like, you, if, you, if she's in the middle, if she's at the beginning of an aisle and you need in the aisle and she's in the middle of worship, you better just go around, jump over, do something. She'll never know if you push her out of the way. She's gonna keep on worshiping. And so, um, so she's engulfed in worship. I'm like, she's getting a word. I'm getting nothing but forgive. And so I begin to call each and every one of those people's names that had wronged me out loud. Adela said, I could hear you doing that during worship. And it was loud in there. Like we were cranking in the decimals. And I was just, boom, I forgive you. Boom, I forgive you. I bless your business. I bless your kids. I, I pray blessings over your health. And I begin to forgive them. Did I want to? Yeah. But I begin to do that, and that is the first step. That is the very first step. It was like the dam began to open and the water began to flow again. Yeah. 
And God convicted me of the bitterness that, I, that had taken root in my heart because of the unforgiveness. And frankly, I felt completely justified. Have you been there? When somebody wrongs you, you're like, well, they wronged me. This is what happened. I can justify why I'm angry at them. I can justify why I'm mad at them. And God convicted me of that and said that bitterness has taken root in your heart and it is time to release. You see, bitterness is always justified to the bitter. There's a reason behind the bitterness. That's the way we do it. Uh, from that moment on, God led me through a healing process of getting bitterness and unforgiveness out of my heart. Have you been there where you felt hurt by somebody? We've all been hurt by somebody. If you live long enough, you will be hurt by somebody. You will be hurt by somebody again. Amen? But bitterness does nothing to hurt the person that you're bitter at. But it will kill you. It will kill you. You know, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. <laughs> it's like me drinking poison and hoping the other person will die. I read a study on, from John Hopkins, and they took 100 cancer patients, and they begin to interview them and to hear about their life story and things that had been happening in their past and medical history, they were doing the whole nine. And they, they ran this study on 100 cancer patients. And 60% of those patients had unforgiveness and bitterness in their life. Holy moly, 60%. That 60 of those people out of 100 had bitterness and unforgiveness. And John Hopkins said, we're gonna hire an unforgiveness, we're gonna hire a forgiveness counselor. And they put a whole team together and built a forgiveness counselor for people that are, that are can they're cancer patients. You see, can you see, bitterness will kill you. Now listen, I'm not telling you that you can't be angry, okay? Because anger is natural. If something rises up in your life, there are things that every day make me angry. I'm, just be real with you. I'm scrolling through social media and somebody's saying something and it makes me angry. Um, um, I go to work and what in the world are you doing, people? Somebody makes me angry. And I'm not telling you that, because ang anger is natural, but what we do with it determines the outcome. Anger, you don't want anger to lead to sin. You don't want anger to lead to bitterness. You don't want anger to lead to unforgiveness and resentment. 
Hebrews 12, 12 through 17 in the NIV says, therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter roots grow up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or as godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Hebrews warns us to be careful. Be careful not to let bitterness in our lives. You know what I found when I was going through this season is that I would come home and I would start in on my family. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I would come home and the topic at dinner was who wronged me that day. The topic at dinner was, can you believe that I heard this person say that? And, it begin, and I went to bed one night just reflecting and the Lord said, do you realize that your bitterness and anger and unforgiveness is now influencing every person under you. It, in, it, is, it is hurting your influence with everyone. I would bring it to work. I would bring it home. I was angry. Okay? The, your influence is affected by what comes out of your mouth and what is harbored in your heart. And it is critical that we're careful there. I, wanna, I want to take you through four steps, four things that the Lord really revealed to me through this bitterness and, and has helped me to where I am today. Um, and so this journey, I would say number one, the Lord said, walk daily in thankfulness. If you ever hear me pray out loud, I will always start my prayer with thanksgiving because it opens the floodgates of heaven. Thankfulness doesn't keep us from the pain, but it keeps us in a place where we can be healthy. Thanksgiving actually decontaminates that which was contaminated. Thanksgiving actually decontaminates that which was contaminated. And so what do I mean by this? Shortly after everything went down, I was at Chick-fil-A. Now, if I would have been at Taco Bell, the outcome might have been different, okay? But I was at like God's chicken place, you know? And so I'm just, just keeping it real with you, okay? Um, but I'm sitting there and I'm eating my wonderful Chick-fil-A sandwich with my amazing fries and my sweet tea. Hallelujah. It was good. 
And all of a sudden, in comes the door an individual that I had called a great friend who, who I had spent a lot of time with, who owned a business and I was a business owner, so we had kindred spirits and we would always refer people to each other. He was quite a bit older than I was, um, but we had a great relationship. And in came the door with him and his wife. My Chick-fil-A sandwich wanted to fly across the restaurant and hit him in the face. But I had to contain it because I wanted to eat it. And so literally he walks in and my blood pressure is, I mean, he hasn't said anything to me other than we've made eye contact. And his blood pressure it must have been high because he turned red. I turned red. Like we were as red as the Chick-fil-A on, on, the, on the logo, red. And the individual that I was eating lunch with, he's like, oh, are you okay? And his back was against, so he had no idea what was going on. I was like, just give me a minute. Like, I just need to calm down. And I, my flesh wanted to go give it to him. And if I'd have been at Taco Bell, it might have happened. <laughs> But I was a Chick-fil-A. And so, um, and so I, was, I was angry. And I literally had to calm myself down after I left there. Like, I had to eat fast and get out of there. He didn't even sit down. He got his Chick-fil-A sandwich to go. Probably a good thing. But, um, and so I'm driving... And this is after I've been to Bethel. This is after I've had the revelation. You see, forgiveness is a journey. It's not just a one hit, I'm done. God, I forgive them, I move on. Those are all necessary pieces. But it doesn't always happen just like that. And so I am driving back to work and the Lord said, you need, to, you need to give thanks. You need to thank the Lord for this guy. I'm like, are you kidding me? For real? He's like, you need to begin to thank him. Thank the Lord for him. Thank the Lord for the blessings and the time that y'all spent together. I want you to pray blessings over his kids. I want you to pray blessings and thanksgiving over his entire family and his business. I want you to go after me and I want you to think, have a thankful heart. You see, when I begin to feel any negativity on anything, or unforgiveness, I've made it a habit to thank the Lord. Because we, we, can, we can look at this as my glass is half empty or my glass is half full, right? Number two, today I choose to live as a forgiver. Today, today, I choose to live as a forgiver. And every day, I have to re-choose to live as a forgiver. 
Luke 17, 4 in the Passion Translation says, no matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I am changing, forgive me, you need to forgive him each and every time. That's not always easy to do. And, and every day you wake up and you say, today, Lord, I choose to be a forgiver. I won't let my emotions get in the way. I will choose to be a forgiver. You see, to bring heaven to earth, to, do, to live in the fullness of God, to, 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 to have that intimate relationship with him, we can't let things like bitterness and unforgiveness get in the way of that. Because that will hinder what God has called us to do here on this earth. We've got to renew our minds and be intentional with the mindset that we approach life with. We've got to choose every day that you're not going to let the spirit of bitterness dictate your thoughts and feelings. Say, I will rise above these circumstances because I'm going to be a positive contributor to society. That's what it is. You know, the, a, a word we were getting this morning was reproduce, was reproduce in our, in our pre-service prayer. And I believe as, as, as God's men and women, we are called here to reproduce, to reproduce his love and his light and his forgiveness. You see, I don't deserve I don't deserve to be forgiven. <laughs> if I look at the, at what, if I look at how God has forgiven me, I don't deserve that. People that have wronged me at times, I said, they don't deserve me to forgive them. But if I look to my father, he forgave me and I've got to forgive them. If I hold on to the past, I cannot at the same time hold on to the present and bring redemptive solutions to this world. That's what we're called to do is to bring solutions to this world. We are all in connection and, and relationship with people. Every day we all encounter people, whether that's at work or that's at, at the mall or that's at the grocery store, we always encounter people. And how we carry his presence is, determines whether how we are reproducing or the lack of reproducing what he's asked us to do. If, at the, if, if I hold on to the past, I cannot at the same time hold on to the present and bring redemptive solutions. The devil wants you to get stuck he wants you to hate people. He wants you to fester anger. And, and I'm not gonna let him do that. I am going to choose to forgive so that I can do what the Lord has asked me to do on this earth. He wants you to be, the devil wants you to be married to yesterday. I can't affect the world today if I'm holding on to yesterday. One thing I do every morning before I ever hit the ground, 
My feet don't, don't even hit the ground. And I go to the Lord and I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. And you're like, that's kind of goofy. No. If you will pray the Lord's Prayer every day with power in your voice and confidence in your voice, watch what happens in your life. Because the, the Lord's Prayer says that I'm to forgive as I have been forgiven. Number three is align my words with my heart and actions. Align my words with my heart and actions. Hebrews says to bring forth the fruit of your repentance. You know, through that process, I would say, I forgive you. I would go to lunch with people. And they're like, how are you doing? I forgave them. And so I would literally say it. I forgive them. I forgive them. But when I would see them, something in me would well up. Have you ever been around the crazy aunt at Christmas time that everybody is like, this lady causes so much trouble in my family? Maybe you don't have this, but I got a couple of crazies in my family. And so you, you, you're, you're at Christmas and they're super, they're, they're, you know, everybody, there's some bad blood between a couple of people and now it's this super awkward moment and everybody's like, Ooh, what do you do? And you, you feel it, right? You feel when you walk into an awkward situation. And so when I would run into these people at Chick-fil-A, like, I, I think I might have quit eating Chick-fil-A for a while after that. Because every time I would go to Chick-fil-A, I would, I would see them. I was like, I'm going to take my lunch at 3.30. They won't be there. 3.30, they're still there. What are you doing? You're retired. Why are you eating lunch at 3.30? And so, like, I would... Literally, literally, I've seen them at Chick-fil-A all the time. And so something in my spirit every time would just, just, it was like I would just clench when I would see them. And I was listening to a sermon, and Bill Johnson said this. He said, if your internal decisions don't affect your behavior, you have no evidence you have forgiven. If your internal decisions don't affect your behavior, you have no evidence you've been forgiven. That's a, that's a pretty bold statement. Because I'm like, how dare you? You're going to judge me. But that's what I was feeling. You've been in those situations where it's super awkward, where you walk into the room and it's like, it's like white noise just started. And so you've got to check your heart. There was a, one of the pastors at, at that church um, had, that had resigned a, a couple months before I had. Um, she was she was at a women's conference in town. And she was like, I'm going into this women's conference to hear from the Lord, like I'm excited about it, it's gonna be great, good speakers were there. She comes in, she sits down in a large room, 
she looks over in her peripheral view and there's a whole line of ladies that were at that church that had said mean and wrong things. And she had made a decision. She said, I made a decision at that moment that I wasn't gonna let them decide the outcome of that conference, what I heard from the Lord at that conference. So she said, the lady I was with, I got up and I said, excuse me. She said, I marched across that room to those other ones. She said, and their eyes were like, boop. She's coming toward us. And she said, I went over to them and I said, ladies, I want you to know, I forgive you. And I release you into your destiny that God has for you, everything that he has for you. And they were like, blah, 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 blah. And she walked away. She went back to her seat because she refused to let them hurt her and what she had for God that day. Her act of forgiveness was the final step in her healing process and released those people that hurt her. How can you test this? So that's what Bill, Bill was referring to. How do you test this? And take a day. This is one of the things that the Lord showed me. Take a day to fast and pray for that person. Have you ever prayed for somebody that you're angry at? Because like, I don't know if I was just having a hard time, but I was like, are you kidding me? I'm, you want me to fat? You want me to miss a meal for this jerk that just messed with me? And, but I would just pray and fast for that person. I would call that person. I, I've done this because the Lord said, I want you to call this person. I would see him at Chick-fil-A and then I was like, oh. And the Lord, would say, the Lord said, call them and tell them that you forgive them. So I was like, maybe my phone lost their number. That's what I was hoping. <laughs> and it didn't. All those numbers were there. And so I would pick up the phone and I would call them and I would just say, hey, I want you to know that I forgive you. Now I'm gonna tell you, when I called them, it hurt me. It hurt my pride. <laughs> But you know what, my pride needed to die. My pride needed to die. Don't protect what should, have, should already be dead. Submit it to the Lord. And that was pride. And I swallowed and I did it. Do everything you can to make amends and move on. Now, if you have somebody, let's just say that somebody in your family wronged you. Let's say there was, there was abuse. And then that person that abused you went on, went, died basically. And you say, well, what happens? How do I forgive them? How do I move on when I can't, Brandon, I can't actually pick up the phone and call them and say, I forgive you. I can't bless their business because they don't have a business here anymore. Go to their descendants. Do they got kids? Call their kids and say, hey, I want you to know that I forgive your family member for this. I forgive them. 
somehow release that because you can't hold on to it. You got to let it go. But do everything to make amends. Number four, love well. Love well. (laughs) Now, I'm going to be honest. This is probably the hardest thing for me, okay? If, If you follow Enneagram as Rachel is like, Rachel and Adela like know their Enneagram stuff like better than anybody else I ever have ever met. And if you if you follow Enneagram, I'm an eight, okay. So I am a driver. I am. Um, I like to get things done. And my mentor said years ago, prior to full time ministry, Brandon, you're like a lawnmower. You just run right over them and keep on going because you mowed the grass evenly. <laughs> and I'm like, that, it stuck with me for years too. Um, and prior to ministry, full-time ministry, now just imagine a heavy eight, like as a, yeah, yeah. You just fall, as a pastor. Um, so like, For the longest time, I think love, for me, just to be honest, was based on how effective and how efficient you are. Just gonna be real with you. But when I, I, and I really didn't understand loving well until I was probably about a year and a half into full-time ministry. And then I realized what loving well looked like. What I found is when I love well, I forgive easier and more often. And I don't hold on to things as much. People that love well, I have people in my, fa- in my family, in my circle, that they just love really well. I wanna be like them, I wanna love that well. But what I find about those people is they're generally healthier people, they're generally happier people, um, and And they're the people that I'm like, and they're like, Brandon, just let it go. How am I gonna let it go? Just just let it go. Just let it go. They're the people, because they love so well. Ephesians 4 in the NIV says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to, one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Love well. That's what the Lord has, has impressed on me, probably out of those four things the most. I want you to love well. I want you to love well. If uh, Cody, if you can come to the keys. Um, I'm gonna land this plane. Today I wanted to share a little bit about my story and walk through unforgiveness and through 
redemption of that. When I, when I practice those four things, I run into people all the time still. But it doesn't affect me like it did. I've moved on. And we have all been wronged by somebody at one point in our life. But I'm going to tell you that if you will, if you will put intention behind forgiveness and thankfulness and loving well and checking your heart, check the fruit, then you will be in a place that you can receive more from the Lord. I hear more from the Lord now than I did two years ago. I felt like I was in a desert and I was the only person in the desert. It was me and a prickly old cactus in that desert. But when I begin to open up and let the Lord speak to me about how to be healed from this bitterness, when I, when I, when I took that journey with him and I submitted to him and I submitted daily to him and I forgave daily, and I put myself in places that were very uncomfortable. The well began to work again. The water began to come back up. The fresh water from the Lord. I could hear from him again. And so today, if you'll just stand up everybody I just want us to check ourselves I want to um, I'm gonna we're gonna take a moment and I just want you to examine your heart and ask the Lord Lord is there anything in my heart that I'm harboring as bitterness and unforgiveness from the past or the present because, Lord, I want to be closer to you. I want to walk closer to you. And I don't want anything to hinder that. So I want you to take a moment right now and just ask the Lord that. anything in your heart I want you to make a bold move and I want you to come up here because the leadership team we're going to come up and we're going to pray for you and there's two reasons for this the step forward saying I'm ready to make a change here and number two 
is an accountability. We spend every week praying and seeking and planning for what the Lord has for this church. And we want to be, we want to hold you accountable for a time where you can get, where we can say, hey, have you checked on that person? Have you reached out to that person? How is your walk going here? Because I'm going to tell you, if you're pursuing the Lord and you want a deeper relationship with Him, you cannot harbor this. It's got to move on. This is the time of year when Christmas and holidays come and we spend time with family and that can be pretty um, interesting. And you may have to make some choices at those family dinners to forgive. But if that's you, if the Lord revealed anything to your heart, I just want you to step forward. that wronged you could be a past church a past church that hurt you I'm not going to tell you that at Bethel we're perfect because we're not but what I can tell you about this church is that it pursues the presence of God there's somebody else that just knows that they need to, to be up here. If that's you, I just want you to come forward. There's no shame here. I was a pastor. I was I know the word of God and yet I still lived a life of bitterness there for a while shame in it. It's just time to be done. So if if you can just come forward, if those that we're just going to pray. We want to, if y'all can just help me. We're just going to, I just want you to pray for them um, and get a little bit about what, what's going on. So, because we want to hold, we want to hold you accountable. Okay. Because this is a journey and it's easy to justify bitterness, right? And so this is our, we want to know, hey, not, not a long story, just, hey, this is what happened quickly. Pray for it. We're going to pray for you. And then we want to hold you accountable, okay? Anyone else? Last thing I want to mention before we leave, and I'm going to, I'm going to join and pray with, with these, but um, the last thing that I want you to know is I really feel strongly about that word this morning for reprodu reproducing. We are to reproduce. We are to reproduce. We are not to live our life here on this earth and just 
coast. That was my biggest challenge in ministry and in business and in everything else. I don't want to just coast. I want to advance whatever I'm, whatever I'm doing and whatever God's called me to do. I don't like to coast. And it frustrates me. Coasting frustrates me. And so I'm checking myself even today. Am I reproducing in others? Am I reproducing in others? When you go to work this week, when you spend time out and about, are you reproducing God in other people? And that can be your actions. I get so worked up about bad customer service. It's a frustrating piece of my life. But if I go rip somebody at the grocery store because of bad customer service, and I have done it, <laughs> let me tell you. But if I do that, I, am I reproducing God? No. I'm not. So when you're out and about, make sure you're reproducing God. Make sure you're reproducing his love. If somebody, if you sent somebody's harboring anger and frustration, bitterness, I want you to use this message to help them. Hey, I heard this word at church this week. Because you may be their only hope. You know, in a city where there's a church on every corner, we still have people that are not hearing about the love of the Lord and are not being shown the love of the Lord. Okay? Let me pray for you really quick. Then you'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you. Lord, I thank you for this group of people. Lord, I thank you for Bethel. I thank you for this word that you downloaded in, in me to give today and Lord I just ask you to uh, touch every single person in this room as we go out we're reproducing you we're showing love to others as you show love to us we're helping those that are confused or broken instead of going on and coasting and just saying, I'll pray for you, brother. Let's take time. And Lord, I pray that we will open our eyes and our minds and be aware of what's around us, the surroundings, the people that we work with every day that are hurting. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.